Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize, brought to you by Forged Iron Stout. Ross, are you intoxicated or something? How are you doing, bud? Are they new glasses? Man, brand, brand spanking new, brand spanking new. Man, tough season thirty-one, five 0 to Michael Chandler, but a win for Team Ireland on Bragatona, aka the Diva. The Diva. Man, the, like, diva. the Winnipeg Diva. The Winnipeg Diva, the Winnipeg Diva. Uh, this this actually episode I found obviously from an Irish point of view very interesting. I actually really really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best episodes uh, we've seen, and I think it was yeah. the first time we got more of an in depth look into a fighter's mindset and how they view fighting. I thought it, I actually thought it was class. What do you think in ter- in terms of this relate or this episode in terms of uh, the others? Where where would you rank it? Yeah, we're obviously going to get into the full episode, as we do every week, episode five. Uh, I think there's 12 altogether, so uh, we'll be here again next week, so make sure to like and subscribe, and congratulate Ross on his new glasses. Yeah, but, also, uh, um, it was announced, sorry, uh, this week, that the Ultimate Fighter finale will take place at UFC 292 in Boston, so the winner will be crowned at UFC 292. Breaking news. dun dun, dun. Okay. I was going to hit unbelievable, but it wasn't that. That wasn't the right one. Um, what did I make of the episode? Yeah, I mean, like first of all, we we've been doing the show and we were waiting for Brad Katona to fight and Lee Hammond to fight. So uh, it's funny how it works out that Brad just fought there, and next week Lee Hammond is on. So I, I can't wait to talk about that episode as well. But uh, yeah, like Brad is actually a very very quiet guy. Like you can see how intelligent he is, uh, the way he carries himself. Like mm. he just sort of keeps himself to himself. Like obviously he's with the uh, Katie Saul, who moved over from Canada as well, who fights in Invicta. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, it was just, it was cool to see his perspective of Ireland mm. living in Dublin for the last six years. But yeah, he's a, he's a deep thinker, Ross. He really, really is. Um, yeah. I love the way you saw him with Team Chandler. And like, the thing is, he's a veteran not only of the sport, but also of the show. And he knows how to win the show because he's won it already. And like, he knows himself that like going in doing those like hard hard round wrestling practices like you know as he as he touched on on the episode like how much better is wrestling really going to get in a week or two weeks it's not really so like him doing those hard wrestling sessions maybe picking up an injury is not the best practice and it sort of played out in the fight as well that like he fought a smart fight as in he won the fight without taking the most amount of damage and um, you can tell that that was quite tactical within the fight but even when he was he was almost like getting on his coaches like he was almost getting on Michael Chandler's back and getting on Robert Troisdale's back being like when are we going to watch the footage because like we need to find out what this guy's about where his strength and weaknesses are I want to know if I need to make any small minor adjustments like I want two weeks to be able to make the adjustments I don't want one week and I think Chandler was a bit like oh you know we have eight guys to look out after and Brad was like basically he doesn't care about the other eight guys he only cares about himself which is the way you have to be and i think it is one of those um things where he who shouts the loudest gets the most attention and on this occasion he was shouting the loudest well why do you think chandler came across quite passive in uh in brad's request to like watch footage or not go 
training something that he's never trained before. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, from Chandler, I think he's probably trying to spread his attention evenly across the team. Yeah, but, but, but Brad was the one who was about to fight. No, well, like, if you didn't interrupt me, let me finish. Boy, I've got there, Bosmo. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, this is Brad's turn. But uh, maybe Chandler views him as a McGregor guy, as an SPG guy. So, like, he, he's not as all in on him. Um, and, again, like, even you see John Cavanaugh give him a bit of a voice in the gym, you know what I mean? Just because you've won it before, don't take the eyes off the prize. Um, you know what I mean? And... Look, you can, you can tell that he really puts the attention, the details, Bragatona. So uh, those things are really important to him. And I, I feel like maybe Ch- maybe Chandler doesn't trust him. And you can tell by um, the rest of the team that they're not that trustworthy of him. But again, as much as he's on Team Chandler, uh, we've we've hatched this out before. And I think McGregor was the first person to say it when he coached against uh, your Faber. Like, it's not Team McGregor. It's not Team Chandler. Like, you're in this for yourself. You know what I mean? You're not going to, you know, if you got knocked out in the first round and then, like, your guy wins the final, you're going to be like, we won. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a team trophy, the ultimate fighter. Yeah, no, yeah, Chandler mentioned that as well, but, I mean, Chandler's the one who picked that, te- that uh, the vets, the bantamweight vets as well. So, it is a tough situation. Would you say Brad's actually in the toughest situation? Excuse the pun, but would you say Brad's actually in the toughest situation out of everyone in the, in the house? Uh, maybe uh, maybe the most awkward. I don't know if I could call it yeah. the toughest because I think at the end of the day, he seems to be taking a stride and he seems to be doing what suits him. So at the end of the day, like they have to be that little bit selfish. I think one thing that's actually sort of mad that uh, hasn't really been touched on is uh, Hunter Azur is in the house as well. And they actually fought in the UFC, him and Brad, and Hunter Azur actually got the win and it hasn't even been mentioned once. So I actually think that's interesting. So he's actually also fought someone on his team and he's lost them. So maybe that's something else that like Brad's not as happy showing his uh showing maybe his vulnerabilities. And I think that's something that Chandler touched on that he he was like, Oh, maybe he doesn't want to show his weaknesses because he sees the guys on his own team as competition. And he's every right to do that as well, because at the end of the day, as you can see, the vets are winning every fight. So does he yeah. really want to show his hand in training to some of these vets? Probably not. He seems like a really intelligent guy. And look, it's working out for him. Yeah, that, that's that's you sort of hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Bragatona did ask a question on the show: If he wins the Ultimate Fighter this season, is he the ultimate Ultimate Fighter, or is he the mul- multiple Fighter? I like the Ultimate Fighter. You know, multiple time Ultimate Fighter champion. That's something that, like, I, I think you look at records from time to time, and like you look at something that will never be done again. And, like, that has to be, like, very high on the list of things that won't ever be done again. Uh, you look at maybe Demetrius Johnson's the most amount of title defences, or you look at Anderson Silva's undefeated streak, and you always thought, like, oh, those things aren't doable, those are the things aren't doable. But, like, to win the ultimate fighter twice is extraordinarily hard because you sort of have to get kicked out of the UFC and then get back into the UFC. So uh, it's not something that, I think will ever be done again if Bragatona wins it. So uh, that will cement him in MMA history. They, they should have brought Diego Sanchez back this season. Yeah. What's he doing? Bare knuckle boxing these days? Uh, <laughs> he actually fought Kevin Lee last on Eagle Oh, FC. Eagle FC? Yeah, no? Kevin Lee is actually back this weekend. Yeah, so it's... Uh, what goes around comes around, Ross. Um, is there anything else... 
like obviously it's five and zero now. Uh, Connor went on a mad one after saying there should be three rounds. Oh, you know what? I, I have three to agree. Yeah, but the thing is, if it goes three rounds, then it, it's an actual. It goes down on the records. The thing is, fighting into the ultimate fighter, you fight two rounds. Unless it's a round each, then you go into a final round. But the records, uh, these wins and losses, don't go on your actual professional record. As we saw yeah, before, like... when Brad beat uh, Bryce Mitchell, and Bryce Mitchell then went into the UFC and was everyone knew fourteen no or something. Yeah, until he lost to yeah. Taporia. Yeah, but like I think. They probably should go in the record, and they probably should have three rounds. Like, I, I don't know why. I don't know why we're like not putting wins and loss in the record. Like, they had a fight, one person won, one person lost. Like, I can understand maybe the idea of two rounds is to prevent injuries for the next round. But yeah. at the end of the day, like as Connor said, like these are unfinished fights. Like, there should be three five minute rounds. These guys also like they should be given the opportunity to fight to the end. Like, not. To fight two thirds away through a fight and be like, oh no, we actually think this or we think that. Especially when we saw on Brad's fight here, like it was quite back and forth. Like I don't disagree with the decisions at all. I had Brad win the first two rounds, but it's not like your man was getting absolutely pummeled, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I do think uh, I'd rather see the three rounds. I think it, it's fairer on the competitors to have three rounds. Yeah, because you sort of go that the whole way to Vegas, unless you live near there. And then, mm. like, you're fighting for this one opportunity and it's not even a, a fight that goes in your record. So you, feel, you you might feel like there's unfinished business. But look, if it's two rounds, just go hell for leather. Uh, Ross, it's obviously 5-0 now. Um, hmm. Each team has eight fighters. Like, Lee Hammond's on next week. But how Yeah, but uh, don't forget, Aaron McKenzie won the row off. Aaron McKenzie did what the <laughs> I was like, he went up my estimations after that that round performance of the year. Uh, but has it ever been on the Ultimate Fighter where one team won all the first round fights and the other team didn't? I know I'm meant to be the the face of tough podcasting, but I mean, you're gonna have to take the half for this one. But no, I don't think I've ever seen it where there's been an absolute landslide where. So like, Sweet. I know it's been close. I know, I know it's been close. I think there was. I think at one stage maybe there was like a six and two going into the next round or something like that. I can't tell you the season now, but there's definitely been one where like the sweep has been brought into conversation before, but uh, this is looking like uh, there is a possibility about it now. Thank God Lee Hammond's up next. So like, you know, that, that's, that's the, that's the crown and the jewel that we're looking for yeah. uh, to get the job done. Like this, this is one of the reasons we're so invested in this season, the ultimate fighter, Lee Hammond and Brad Katona. So, um, like obviously Connor as a coach is obviously going to make things interesting, but when there's actually a vested interest of fighters actually coming into the UFC and getting a UFC contract, because at the moment, you know, when we talk about the Irish landscape of MMA, Lee Hammond's almost like a, a forgotten figure in a way, as in like obviously people are, are delighted from him. He's doing really well. He got his black belt there the other day. Like we're massive fans of him, but people always say Connor, Ian, and Sean are now the three people signed to the UFC. You know, a win here for Lee Hammond, you got to think, like, even if he doesn't outright win the competition here, he'll get the opportunity to fight in the finale. If one of us go to war, we all go to war! <laughs> the sound, soundboard Basbo was no, on no, fire today. Man, I knew that was coming. Uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, like, Lee is sort of going under the radar, but, like, he doesn't mm. really do many interviews. Like, they sat him down with Brad in this episode asking how mm. did Brad get into MMA. I thought that was... Uh, yeah, well, I thought that was that that was nice, but like, yeah. Look, Lee's probably a naturally shy guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, 
any interaction I've ever had with him has always actually been pleasant. You know what I mean? Like, if maybe it's not as prerogative to do a lot of interviews, uh, and that's that's fine. Like, if that's what he wants yeah. to do. Like, I feel I feel like you know when he does eventually, you know, become an official UFC fighter, something UFC maybe he is already, and we don't know about it, and he can't announce it to the show or whatever. But uh, obviously, doing press and media is part of the job, so uh, it's probably something he's going to have to get more comfortable doing. But like maybe that's uh, something that he, he'll look at getting trained at because some people are good at it, some people are naturally good at it, uh, some people don't like doing it. It's just part of the business, and you know, if you want to make a bigger name for yourself and get those bigger paydays, you have to do a bit of talking every now and then. Yeah, well, we're we're just going by what we've seen and when we've mm-hmm. met him, and. Uh... He seems like a top guy. He doesn't really call people out, and he likes to just go in and get his job done. And uh, congratulations on the black belt as well. That's uh, that's something that uh, people strive for their whole lives, and he's done it. Like I don't even think he. I think he's under the age of twenty five, maybe as well, isn't he? Yeah, that was gonna say he, a max. He's twenty six. I think I was like, I was like, that fella is uh, very young to be getting his black belt. Yeah, but uh, well deserved. As well, like uh, I've seen him do seminars all over the place. Um, he seems to be someone who's, um, you know, well regarded within the MMA community and well regarded in the jiu-jitsu community as well. Uh, it's not like um, it was given, it was earned. You can say that again. I'm like, there was one guy, there was one guy in the Frank Mir. And who did Frank Mir go against in the Ultimate Fighter? And O'Gara. Yeah, and they were like, they were asking Frank Mir, some fellow on Frank Mears. It, it was in that season. He was like, oh, I'm a black belt. Uh, like, he came up with like 15 excuses where he got it. And everyone was just like, if you got a black belt, you could just say where you got it. He was like, well, yeah. well then I got the bus, but your man's, the coach was off that day. So then uh, everyone was just like, what? But uh, that's <laughs> what, <laughs> see, it's sort of like you when I ask you, where did you get that second stripe and that white belt, bro? But I mean, look. P- picked off the tape one. myself and just threw it on there. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it one by one off your Adidas T-shirt. Yeah, well, Ross. Next week, Lee Hammond's fighting against Kurt Hollingba. Hollingba, yeah, Hollingba. Like, uh, just can you let us a bit know a bit? Like, obviously, we know Lee. Uh, like, what should people expect against Kurt? Well, Kurt, Kurt Hollingba, he, he's actually got heavy hands. Like, he's got a, quite a few uh, finishes on the feet. But funny enough, like this will be his third attempt at having a UFC stint. He went eight zero as a pro. Got into or sorry, yeah, eight and was a pro. Fought in Strike Force. Strike Force got um, bought over by the UFC. Had one fight in the UFC and lost. Then he went on and had a record of sixteen and four and got back into the UFC. And then he lost another two fights. So or sorry, another three fights. So he, he's zero four in the UFC, but he's fought the likes of Tiago Moisés, uh, Shane Burgos. Uh, Ronnie Barsal's like he's fought some elite level competition. You know, in the lightweight division, you can't get away with fighting bums. It's one of the highest level uh, <laughs> divisions in the sport. So, look, he's made it to the big dance four times. He's been unsuccessful four times. You know what I mean? Like this is probably last chance saloon for him, really. Uh, I would say so. If he doesn't get the job done here, like he's thirty six, so you know. Especially in the lighter weight divisions, like 36 is really old, uh, in my opinion. I know there's the odd uh, sort of anomaly, like a Jim Miller or something like that, who's still wrecking people at this age. But uh, I think this is a great matchup uh, for Lee. And fingers crossed, Lee gets the job done next week because uh, 
we saw a bit of argy bargy after the bell as well. It gets very spicy. I think that like that was next week's episode. I think is actually the one that everyone was waiting for. Oh yeah, this 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 is uh this is what people want to see. People want to see, like Wild McGregor to uh, why did he push that uh, Bellator tick? Yeah, well, I mean, I know everyone was looking forward to the session in the gap as well. Like yeah. that one's that one's like part two. Obviously, we had one good one already. Mm. Like Phil pouring the glasses, McGregor going down the stairs. But, yeah. Uh, no, it. You wonder if it goes eight now. Yeah. What the sessions would be like in the, in the prospect house? Yeah, well, like it, it's obviously going to become a bit strange because, like, obviously there's going to still be team sessions for Team McGregor, but they're they're not there. Who, who knows? Like, also, like it's one of those things. If you're in the ultimate fire, you have to keep yourself ready. People get injured, people have to pull out, and you could step in there. So yeah. you have to always be prepared for that. Um. And again, like I don't think anyone on the McGregor team has been particularly beaten up either. So, uh, you know, they should be staying ready just in case the opportunity arises. Although your man to the loss to Roseville got knocked out, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He probably has a... a like he's off for six called months. A, yeah, he has one of those um, temporary That makes certain people's chances even better. So it's uh, just stay... Yeah, but someone like yeah. Trevor Wells who fought against Timor and then... Um, then fellow just lost to Brad as well. Like they should be staying ready in case one of the bantamweights pull out. As a wise man once said, "Don't get ready, stay ready." That's it. That's it. Uh, speaking about staying ready, Ross, there is some big news going on in the world of mixed martial arts, especially in the UFC. Um, Mark Zuckerberg against Elon Musk. Um, yeah, this big this chat is, about this. This, this is, is news that's really not going away. Yeah, I've, yeah, I feel like I feel like news happens, and then like we don't come back till the Wednesday, and then like we just sort of see what's still bubbling, and then uh, give it the the final sta- seal of approval. But um, you you were actually saying that you want to actually ref this fight. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I'm the next coming out of uh, Big John. Uh, look, I know a lot of people are against gimmick fights. I'm not mad in a gimmick fight, but I'm also I also like amped against seeing two people fight who are of the same level of experience. Like, put it this way. I didn't like James Tony versus Randy Couture. I just thought Randy... I knew Randy Couture was going to ankle pick him and smash him. I wasn't mad on CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. I was probably actually a bit more happy with that than I was the James Tony one because I was like... It'd be interesting to see what level CM Punk was at. It was a bit of an unknown commodity. Uh, but this one, I'm like, right, two of the richest people in the world, they're going to fight. They could just do it off their own bat if they want to. Um, they could they could do it on their own promotion. They could do it on some sort of Instagram channel or some sort of Facebook channel, and it wouldn't be wouldn't be an issue. Or Elon Musk would set up his own social media company. He can do what he wants. That fella, the, the amount of money he has. Look, if these two guys want to uh, have a fight or whatever, so be it. And if Dana White wants to come in and you know help them get it arranged, sanction it, or get it sanctioned, or maybe it doesn't get sanctioned or whatever, but like you know, they have it prepared the best way possible. Why not? Like uh, I've seen, you know, some people are like, "Oh, this is just rich people being able to do whatever they want." Well, like they're at that stage of wealth where they basically can do whatever they want, and this is what they want to do. Like I want to see it. Yeah, well, the thing is, the way the UFC, like the production team, everything, the promotion, the commentators, the refs, like it's up the refs. Yeah, well, I'm just more for you, man. But I mean, that that's why they want to do it in the UFC. Like no offense to your organizations, like like we've been to multiple Bellator Dublin shows, 
Uh, we haven't been to any PFL shows now, but they they do a pretty good job as well. But they want the most. They want the, the biggest fans. They want the, the on the biggest platform. Like that's that's why I don't think it would actually work as well if say if they did it by themselves. In like oh no, I'd probably get less views. But I'm saying like they don't actually need Dana White to get this over the line. But doing the octagon would be cool. Like I, I'd be interested in it. Uh, obviously, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's Zuckerberg's why I'm not... doing loads of jits at the moment, and like it looks like he's hitting a few pads. Musk, who knows what he's up to? But like, it's not like he couldn't have the money to get to put a serious training camp together and be in shape and be as good as any Joe Soap who's come off the couch. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, they are—they obviously have the work ethic. Like, they can't build the billion-dollar companies they have without the work ethic. So clearly, like, that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it's it, you know what? It's just if this went was about to go live, like imagine the way like everyone Elon Musk could could like put an alarm on everyone's phone or a notification saying this is going live, or um, you Zuckerberg. Well, no, no, no. Elon Musk on Twitter. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So you get all like you get a notification straight away, and then the the, the Zuck the Zuck Moister would then send the notification out to everyone on Facebook and Instagram. Like every single person's phone would just like ding, mm. so like you'd know it was on. It, like that would just be absolutely crazy. I uh, actually forgot Elon Musk bought Twitter. <laughs> like, how did, you, how did you forget that man? You were meant to ref his fight. Like, jeez. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, Elon Musk could like, buy a social media platform. He already has bought one, but uh, just not one that does live video. But I don't yeah. think it does live video. Yeah. Well, right, well, I don't think I've ever watched a live event on. I've seen like the live <laughs> audios on Twitter, but I've never seen live video on Twitter. I haven't got a sound note for that one, man. I'll do it next time. But, uh, this is yeah. number one bullshit. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, but just imagine everyone's phones triggering that time. That, that'd be absolutely mm. crazy. Now, the question is, how good would the cardio and stuff be? Or how much of a shit show would it be? Like, we said well, it depends we on how long they have, doesn't it? Like, if they had yeah. 12 weeks, like, if they actually probably try in for 12 weeks, their cardio would be pretty good. It'd be, it'd be good enough to do 15 minutes, I'd like to hope. Well, that's the thing. Like, I actually don't see it happening. I know, I know. Like, you want to get that payday, but um, let's see what happens. Let, let us know if people actually think it will happen because it's completely overtaken the the talks of uh, Tyson Fury against uh, Francis Ngannou talk or John Jones talk as well. Yeah, well, maybe we'll put out a poll later. Who do, who do you think would win, Musk or Zuckerberg, and see, see what people think? Yeah, I can actually attach this to the end of the Spotify. So, Grant. Like, yeah, I'll put a poll out and see who people don't actually think win. Who do you think would actually win? Probably the Zook. Only yeah, because I've seen him drain. Like, well, like, also, he's younger. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go to Zook Moister as well. Living legend. Uh, Ross, we can't really wrap things up without talking about Ilya Taporia over the weekend. Uh, Chael Sonnen was calling water ball a boy, but we all know Paddy the Body Christendom and Sanitizer boy. He won over the weekend. He did it in devastating fashion. He's fourteen and zero now. Uh, but the way he had Sergio Ramos, like a living legend. Like and Ferran Torres. I know, but like, I mean, it's sort of like... No, but it, it, well, it's more that like two people went out with their way, footballers who don't normally go to UFC events, to go to watch them fight. Yeah. And one was a Real Madrid legend and one was a Barcelona legend. Well, well like, legend's probably a bit more, <laughs> but yeah. They're, they're weak, mate. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, still, like, you had people of corresponding teams. More like, of a Man City legend than he is. But yeah, <laughs> Sergio Ramos, obviously a global superstar, yeah, obviously like, Paris Saint-Germain footballer now. Uh, obviously, obviously they're they must be good friends. You know what I mean? Uh, like a couple of one-two, Mister Steel, Steel, your girl over there. Like you know what I mean? Two, two of the most handsome men in in the respective games. You know what I mean? 
Uh, <laughs> two two slickers, really. But uh, the lads, the bull lads are, get, are taken, man. Like, come on. Yeah, well, like, thank God they're get taken because they'll be seeing <laughs> yeah. everyone else misses left, right, and center. Uh, but yeah, Sergio Ramos, obviously global superstar. It's incredible to see someone from the football world go to uh, UFC. I know when UFC was in London, I think like. Mason Mount was at it. I think uh, Jordan Pickford was at it. There's few others at it. Uh, only because we were sitting in the front row and we could see the names in the seats that we uh, knew who was going to be there. But uh, yeah, I think it was, it was pretty cool to see. And like, what a performance. He literally battered Emmett from pillar to post. It was yeah. uh, it was when very we were, devastating. He got a 10 7 and all. Well, yeah, when we were, for people listening, when we were doing the live show over in London, he was actually, uh, Tapuria was actually meant to be one of the guests, but they changed it. Yeah, they did the change at the last minute, but sure, look, we adapted a move, but he... That could have been also be a Ramos, to- man, like. It could have been. It could have been. I, th- I think it has to be a title shot next from to be honest. I think he, he should, like, hang on and wait and fight the winner of uh, Vulcan Rodriguez. I, like, I'd be all for it. Most of the people voted on the poll saying they wanted to see him against Max Holloway next. I know Max is taking on the Korean zombie, but uh, they wanted to see the Max Holloway fight. Look, I'd love to see the Max Holloway fight. I think stylistically it's phenomenal, but I think uh, it's the same as sort of the middleweight division at the moment. I feel like they're sort of, they might have to put Cannonier in again because of the way that's lined up. But I think with uh, with Volk, because he's so dominant, at least here's a fresh challenger. So hold him out. Like, don't put him in against Holloway because then it's the same as putting Whitaker in against Duplessis. Like, Duplessis should be fighting for the middleweight title next. That fight is like, there's a bit of bad blood there. It's ready to go. They should like should have made that fight first, in my opinion, instead of making them have to fight Whitaker. And then it's like, right, you have to fight that guy. He was incredibly good. Tough luck. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll see what we'll see what happens next. But who who uh, do you want to see him fight next? I know I know the people said Holloway, but Barry Moore, you're you're Dana White for the day, and you're you're uh, tasked with having to match Taporia next. Who are you having him fight? Uh, the winner of Musk. And the Zook Meister. AKA <laughs> <laughs> Baz, Baz wants to see a first degree murder. The, the, oh no, only only on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, no, to be honest, I just want to see people like uh, keep the ball rolling. Like everyone's hot in Tapuria right now. Like and I'd love UFC Spain. Imagine imagine the, the sunburn we could get over in uh, Madrid. It'd be perfect. Yeah, um, Ross, this weekend, Cage Warriors returns to Wales. It's on Saturday night. We Al's. Uh, it's being headlined by Darren Stewart and Matt Bonner. Uh, that'll be a good fight because the winner should take on the winner of Mick, Mick Staunton. Staunton and James Webb. And James Webb. So uh, at least we'll see what happens there. And also this weekend, Ross, back to Vegas. Sean Strickland taking on Magomedov. Yeah, so look, the ball constantly keeps rolling in the MMA world. That's what we're here for. Yeah, for um, the next four months, bro. Yeah, I, I love it. Summer season is always good. And uh, shout out to UFC putting on UFC Jacksonville that bit earlier. Uh, made our lives a lot easier. Um, can't wait for, obviously, the next massive show we're looking forward to. It's going to be UFC London because uh, Sean Bannon will be making a UFC debut. And then uh, and Ireland's own week as well. Yeah, Ireland's own Molly McCann will be out there as well. So uh, we have to put uh, some respect in the Irish fighters' names. So, yeah, International Fight Week will be massive as well. Uh, you get a champion versus champion, Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. There's some massive fights coming up down the pipeline. We can't wait to see them. Um, anything else before we close the show, Basmo? I think that's it, bro. I think that's it, unfortunately. Now, 
And shout out to all the competitors at your fighting championship as well in Ireland. Just keeping it, keeping our roots, the local show. Um, guys, thanks a million for anyone who is watching. Make sure to like, share, smash that subscribe button. It really helps us. And as always, stay, stay energized. Energized show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you're doing. Some interviews with Dylan Moran and that I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.